Panels to Pixels, Jessica Jones Review, Episodes 9 and 10. Welcome to the show. I'm Mark. And I'm Steve. And uh, we're working on episodes 9 and 10. So what's the synopsis for episode 9, a.k.a. Sinbin? This, I really, I'm trying to tighten up my episode synopsis. Synopsis? However it comes. Synopsis. But synopsis, (laughs) okay. Um, But I think the next one's a little bit longer. But here's what I've got for this one. Jessica has Kilgrave in the the chamber Simpson set up. She's torturing him. Uh, She calls Hogarth. And then Simpson is alive. Uh, Shocker. Uh, and he has his own doctor that he se- that seems to have his own agenda. He keeps wanting this specific doctor. Um, we learn a lot about Kilgrave's past, a lot about Kilgrave's pl- uh, past. Um, unfortunately, though, because of some intervention by Jerry, it all goes badly. Um, and we get a new uh, uh, learn something new about Jessica. Uh, just a lot of revelations in this episode, and I, I'm sure we're going to get to them in our top five. So, really, that was uh, uh, the big thing. Is just a lot of revelations in this in this episode for an episode nine of a 13 uh, episode run show. There's a lot that was packed into this episode. Th- these two episodes, really. Yes, definitely. A lot of tension, too, and a lot of things happen. So we should actually move on to our top five. And then there's the matter of your bill. I, I've got – it actually is going to end up being in both episodes because it happens in both episodes. But my number five uh, is this – Kilgrave's this, his revisionist sort of history. Um, he he says, says this story to Jessica where he says, I saw this woman being beaten, and I saved her, and that was you. And then we made sweet, sweet love. And she's just looking at him like, no. And we know that's not what happened because we know the way they met was when Malcolm was being mugged and Jessica saved Malcolm and Kilgrave just saw her. And, you know, he, he's got these two women on his arms who he, who he sends away and then he, he takes Jessica and that's how they met. But yet he's built up in his mind and we're going to see some more of this in the next episode even. He's built up this whole fantasy about – how he's the hero and about how uh how they met uh it did and there was no hint of like it didn't even seem like he thought it was wrong yeah yeah he just built everything up in his mind and he believed it it's kind of like one of those uh if you keep telling yourself the same story that story becomes true to you yeah yeah exactly Uh, yeah uh my number five would be jessica torturing kilgrave during the interrogation uh, she was having a little bit too much fun doing that. Yeah, and that was an interesting scene, really, because I, I didn't catch the first time. In fact, I was confused uh, after the first time, and it wasn't until the second time that I realized about the, the other kids in those films. Even though they talked about it, 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 didn't, it didn't dawn on me. But, uh, you know, we see part of the torture was not just 
the the electrocution in the water. It was not just when she goes in and starts hitting him, but there's this kind of psychological torture mm-hmm. that she's doing. This this uh, psychological aspect to it that I don't even think was part of what Simpson had set up. So she had to do all that separate. You know, she had to set up some sort of way to project that onto the the wall and 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 pipe it into that room and then we see there's at one point she just keeps kind of playing it on a loop you know and we see him cover up his ears and he's all in the fetal position on on the bed uh it really i i there was a couple times in this one i felt i felt bad for not just kevin the child but kilgrave the man uh now of course that all goes crap later because he (laughs) proves what a psycho he is (laughs) yeah yeah his actions do make everything worse (laughs) Uh, and that that goes right into what my number four is which is all those other kill uh, those kids that were being experimented on um and i think it's I'm, i'm sure they were purposely vague about what those experiments were mm-hmm. you know there's there's one experiment where we see them uh cutting on a kid and then and then stitching it up and uh, we we hear some different languages in there and so it's it's uh, it, that i wonder if if we're going to get anything more of that or if we're just kind of done with that storyline it's it's going to be interesting because you know she asks him about those kids and he just says well i don't care about those kids i only care about me i only care about finding my parents through this video, you know? And, uh, so I really thought that was kind of interesting was that, uh, we, we have this almost another storyline that Marvel could explore. Um, but I, I, I doubt they will. I, I'm assuming we're probably not going to hear anything more about this, especially after what happens in the next episode. Yeah. Pretty much a creation of the villain <laughs> backstory if they were, tr- were going to choose to do so. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't think they would do that. I, I think they would just leave this as, okay, here's a bit of his past, and this is what made him come to be. But I'm sure there's more to the story uh, from another point of view. My number four would have been Hogarth and Kilgrave. Kilgrave is talking to Hogarth about her issues and using Hogarth and, Gil- and Kilgrave. Uh, Kilgrave talking to Hogarth about her issues and using Kilgrave to get info that she needs from him Kilgrave getting in Hogarth's head without his powers he's not even suggesting anything he's just using his forked tongue charm (laughs) without his powers and she was biting into it she was uh digging into the idea yeah and even even in that episode in that part of the episode where when she sends Trish out of the building and and we presume that that's when she cut the uh, the electric cord. I, I watched that again, and I really wanted to pay close attention to it because I, I, I the course of events is is very hard to to catch because uh, you know you commented about I think it's down in your in the quotes about the she says I'm listening and they're talking through the the glass you know so he can't use his powers but like you said he's using his charm and then the next thing we see is you know we see there's a break cuz we we get it, the camera goes to Trish on the outside of the building and then when we come back in it looks like 
either Jerry is coming out of the the chamber where she's been in the chamber with Kilgrave, or she was about to go into the chamber when Jessica showed up. So I'm not sure, um, you know, how that course of events went, but obviously there's some point in there where he convinces her not with his powers that he can help her there's that whole thing about he says he can read lips and and uh when she's talking to wendy she says wendy's name a couple times and and he guesses that it was wendy she was saying and he goes but it could have been randy but i don't think so you know so he's picked up on the fact that she's a lesbian and so it's it's that that whole thing is just really interesting that he he we, we get to see that he like you said he's not just got his powers he's got his charm as well he's got this this thing about him where he can make you know women melt and or he can at least suck them in and uh as we get some more in the next episode about their their interaction okay that brings us to my number three yes um and uh just the fact that simpsons alive i i said it in the synopsis when uh, when we finished the last episode you know you see him there and he's bleeding and he's got the glass in him and his his buddies are apparently dead. And in this episode, what what I didn't get really was the fact that they're in like it cuts to we see him on the ground covered in blood mm-hmm. in last episode. And then this episode, we cut to him in the car with Trish. So there had to be some point there where she came and got him. Right at where he was outside of the city, because remember, Kilgrave had set up the house outside of the city. So they, I don't, they'll probably never fill it in for us. But it's, it seems like we missed a chunk of something because somebody had to contact her, and obviously it wasn't Simpson. You know, it it had to be. I would the only person I could think of was that it would be Jessica who contacted Trish and said, "Hey, Simpson's, you know, injured. Go get him." And she's going after Kilgrave, or she's got Kilgrave because she t- she uh, she takes him. She's she's got Kilgrave. She because she she's taking him to the the chamber room, the jail cell kind of thing. So we, we there's a chunk in there that we missed of something um, to where how did Trish get to where they were? What kind of explanation did Jessica give her about Simpson being injured? You know, and then uh, when he gets to the hospital and he's talking about this very specific doctor who the doc, the, the, uh, the hospital says, Oh no, he's not on staff here or he, or he just has privileges or something like that. There's some kind of a weird concept that the, 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 the hospital knows who he is, but he's not on staff, yeah. you know? And then he shows up and he's got this team with him and, and all Simpson has to do is say, I want back in. Uh, and he gives him these red, white, and blue, pills which i thought was kind of interesting the, the color the color scheme there um you know he says the 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 red you know he, simpson wants another red and he says no no you can only have one red because we've learned that you can't take more than one red at a time the whites will even you out and the blue will bring you down and then we see simpson take what looks like two of the reds you know and he gets gets all pumped up and and so uh we can definitely see there's something going on there obviously he was involved in something more than just black ops yeah which which is really interesting because it's like that red white and blue thing just reminded me of captain america or something Mm -hmm. yeah yeah the super soldier uh program that he was in right 
So who knows if that's something left over or an offshoot. But in Marvel, they uh, they had something different. That's also how they made Swamp Thing. They were trying to replicate the mm-hmm. uh, not Super Swamp, Soldier. Not not Swamp Thing. I'm sorry, that's DC. Uh, I'm talking about Man Thing. Man. Yeah, Thing. Man Thing. Right. Yeah, right. So <laughs> they were trying to replicate the Super Soldier Serum, mm-hmm. and uh, just like Swamp Thing, though with Man Thing, he gets caught in the swamp and mm-hmm. and then he turns into that man beast yeah and there was a, a few times and i think uh i don't know if it was the uh abomination but it was in the movie with the incredible hulk with edward norton and then that's how they created that so they were trying to incorporate a lot of things from the mystique of captain america mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm curious to see if they use that at the end and say oh this is how we we, we were able to obtain these pills, mm. and this was probably part of the uh, regiment for them to start even before they actually, you know, yeah. um, pumped him full of whatever it was uh, to make Captain America in that chamber. Yeah. So. Interesting. Uh, my number three would be uh, Jessica beating information out of Kilgrave while Hogarth watches and records, and then Trish storming in and stopping Jessica with a shock before Jessica could even get try to make a, a fatal blow and you just see her collapse yeah i had this actually down in my notes as well because i i really liked that what we see one of the things we see here is that we we see that the relationship between trish and jessica is definitely different than her relationship with hogarth hogarth just kind of uses people and hogarth is ready to hit the button very early in that session where she's beating on on Kilgrave, but uh, Trish recognizes no, she's holding back, and she she waits and she waits and waits and waits. Like you said, until she, like the very last second, she hits that button to shock to shock Jessica out of killing killing him. So I really like that 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 we got to see that kind of relationship, and and, and we're starting to see sort of Hogarth is an interesting character. She's definitely just out for herself and we definitely see more of that in the next episode but she also has a certain i don't want to say human but humane side to her uh i think as well uh but also because she doesn't want jessica to kill Kilgrave because she's made this deal with him mm-hmm. you know or she's gonna make she's probably at this point at that point in the episode we don't know if they've made their deal yet or if they've talked about it yet and and but maybe it's already in her head that hey, I can use this guy for my for my ends. So, uh, so yeah, that's 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 really good. My number two is uh, is Hope. Um, you know, she kind of goes back and forth about taking the deal. Uh, Jerry says that the DA is offering this deal of twenty years. That if she if she has good behavior, she'll get out in fifteen. And you know, she'll still be a relatively young woman. She looks like she's in her twenties now and so she'll still be like i said a relatively young woman when she gets out of prison and and she even tells uh jessica on the phone i can in 20 years i can finish my degree which i I thought was uh was was kind of funny because that's uh if you look at the path my life took i i took a couple of college classes before i joined the military and then 20 years later after i retired i went back to college and so i uh after the first couple years after getting my degree i told people that it took me 20 years to get a bachelor's degree (laughs) um so uh uh so i thought that was kind of interesting when she said that 20 years i can get 
get my degree, you know. Uh, and then the whole idea of after that, when she when Jessica changes her mind, um, Jerry says, well, now she's going to be facing two counts of first degree murder, wow. not just, you know, manslaughter or you know, murder in the second degree, whatever it was the DA was offering. I don't think she ever actually said whether it was manslaughter or what it was, but she says now she's going to be facing two first degree murder charges uh, against her. So I thought that was that, that whole thing with hope of, of seeing that, that hope is, is uh, hope kind of has hope in this episode. Hmm. Interesting. Um, my number two would be Jessica, Jessica getting info on Kilgrave and his parents. Uh, she does her research and she winds up calling uh, a neuroscientist about the sci- uh, the experiments that were done, uh, which, which were done on that video on Kilgrave as a child. And her getting, you know, names of the people, meaning that possibly finding his parents – yeah, and there was a callback in there, and I'm going to have to look it up now and see if I can find it. Uh, the name of that professor was actually a callback to something else, whether it was Doctor Who or what was it. Let me see if I can find it. Really? Uh, yeah, I read it in the trivia um, on IMDb. Um, yeah, okay, so the, the the name of the professor was Davies that she called in uh, England and uh, Russell Davies it was one of the writers on the Doctor Who show when David Tennant was oh. playing Doctor Who. So that, that professor, that use of, of Professor Davies um, was kind of a, a, a callback or a little Easter egg to Russell, Russell T. Davies, uh, that writer. So I thought that was that's good. I didn't catch that the first time. Uh, I just happened to look it up on the, the trivia in IMDb. Oh, cool. That's that's awesome, though. Yeah, um, but yeah, and and I just like that whole thing of her her taking. Um, you know, she she extrapolates from just the fact that they're they're talking about a sin bin, and she finds the name of this rugby player and figures out that that the rugby player they're talking about was associated with a school, and that's the school that she calls, and she finds out that that's where the experiments were taking place. I, it's it's kind of a leap. For her to just take the reference of Eric and Sinbin and then able to find out this college in, in England. But uh, but it was kind of cool to see her do her detective work and, and put those threads together. Just think if um, they didn't have the internet. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> what would we do without Google? So my number one is uh, Kilgrave. We find out how Kilgrave got his powers. We find out that as a kid he uh, had this virus and the way to cure – or not the virus. He had a uh, – he had something wrong with his brain. He had a neurological problem yep. that his parents said he wouldn't have lived past like five or four or five or something like that. I can't remember what, what age they say. Um, but they do this experiment on him with this virus and it – the side effects give him his powers and then we also discover that Jessica is immune. And it was one of those things that, that as I watched it a second time, I remember – actually, I guess it was the first time. When she's remembering the bus crash and she's – the crash and she's remembering that she walked away from him as he was yelling at her to come back. I remember at the time – the first time we see that flashback in the episode, I go, huh, that's weird. She's not turning around. But it didn't. It didn't dawn on me, of course, the significance of that because we don't know the full extent of his powers at that point. 
Yeah. And there's there's a long enough time in between those episodes, especially if you're not binge watching it, that you don't pick up on the fact that, hey, she's immune to his powers. And then you start going back and you realize that, yeah, he has not used his powers on her at all since like like we talked about last week or a couple weeks ago. We talked about the fact that that, you know, they've only had a couple of face to face meetings and he's never really controlled her. Yes. At any point. Um, and I had to go back and, and rewatch those scenes to see for sure. But it, it was interesting to see that at the end, that as soon as uh, she grabs his arm, and I, I, I figured out the significance of it as soon as she grabbed his arm, and he said, let go of me, and she didn't. And I went, oh, what? <laughs> you know, it was, and then suddenly I started flashing back to all these other things and going, oh, wow, you know. And and then of course the the detective, oh, that was gruesome. Him pulling his hand out of the the handcuffs, mm. that was just oh, gruesome. So, but yeah. So my number one is is his powers and the fact that uh, that they they came there. He's not a mutant. He's it was this the side effect of this. Uh, whatever they were trying to use to cure his his problem. Yeah, that will lead me to my number one. And Kilgrave's mom going to the victim support group. And Jessica noticing her and realizing who she was, and then Jessica finds out that, you know, Kilgrave's parents were only trying to help him, and he became a sociopath based upon the treatment that they were giving him from his illness. And it just made him a crazed sociopath lunatic and then the confrontation and Kilgrave doing what he does and kills his parents with suggestion and Jessica realizing he has no power over her when he said what did he say exactly I forget (laughs) Stay, stay back wasn't it no, he said, let go of me. And he, he said, let go of me. Uh, let go of me now. He said it twice. And then and she doesn't let go. And that's when he realizes that now she realizes it because uh, that's when he tells the detective. He says, get her off me, detective. And which I think is interesting. That's an interesting choice of words. He said, get her off me, not keep her off me. Mm. So so he said, get her off me. So all the detective did was tackle her. And, and take her down. And I also found it interesting that that second command to the detective kind of overrode the previous command. Because remember, the previous command of the detective was, follow me. Yes. And that's when he gets himself out of the handcuffs. And so I'm, I start to wonder about his power if he can only do one like one command time. Yeah, at a time. That if he gives a, the same person a second command, they the, the previous command gets recalled or or whatever so i i thought that was that was kind of interesting but yeah that that whole her realizing it and then in the next episode when they actually have the conversation about how he realized at the bus crash that he couldn't control her anymore and that it took her longer to figure it out um was yeah Um, years um yeah well how long had they said that uh reva had been dead yeah i want at least a year, at least a year or two, I think. Mm-hmm. So, uh, 
All right, so uh, had a couple of quotes that uh, that jumped out at me from this episode that I really liked was when she's talking to uh, to Hogarth and, and Hogarth sees him in the the cage and that Jessica's trying to to record him and she says this is your plan and Jessica says my plan is was to cut his balls off but a confession will do I kind of thought that that made me chuckle a little bit the fact that that she had you know she tells Hogarth I was actually going to do something even worse uh, and then she tells Hogarth not to talk to him and Hogarth says because he'll control me and she's like no just because he's an angel <laughs> so yeah <laughs> uh, I had a I had one a couple I think so yeah Kilgrave himself you know saying I guess to Hogarth yeah he was he, talking to Hogarth and he says if I had these abilities meaning that you know she he's under the impression that she is not certain about him uh, they wouldn't be inherently bad. Just imagine what someone could do. The powers of persuasion could right any wrong and make any stubborn problem disappear. Yeah, and that's that's another one of those things that you bring that up that I think is really interesting about him and about his powers is that we see that a few times in in these episodes, especially these two episodes here. We see several times where people kind of go back and forth about whether they believe him. I mean the people who have been controlled by him they all it's like they all know and they they once they're told this is what happened like the guy with the coat all he did was give him his coat but he knows that he was controlled for that you know little amount of time he was not in control of himself and but yet other people don't want to believe it you know the detective doesn't want to believe it until he actually sees it happen you know um and hogarth i think is kind of the same way hogarth is is not really sure if it's a power or if he's just really persuasive and so i think in the beginning there he was kind of trying to play play both sides with her and go well i don't have these abilities but if i did wouldn't it be a good thing and wouldn't it be able to help you and and this and that so i like that you put that quote in there yeah and then uh the next one was hogarth when she's talking to her secretary I don't like ultimatums, and uh, the secretary's like, I know. Yeah, that, that she knows who she's getting getting involved with, and uh, that you know, Hogarth is pretty much like trying to be in charge of everything. Yeah, that scene was intense in more ways than one because you know the 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 secretary at the beginning. It's almost like she's kind of trying to seduce Jerry and she's like sliding Jerry's hand up, up her leg, you know, and, and she's she's telling Jerry about the story when they were in court and how this is when I fell in love with you and I saw how powerful you are. And then at the very end, she takes her hand away and shows Jerry that she, maybe she doesn't have as much power. Maybe Pam does have some power in this relationship. You know, like you said, she knows her so well. She says, I don't like the ultimatums. And she's, she says, I know, like, there's the finality to it, to where you understand how serious this is if I'm giving you an ultimatum and I know you don't like ultimatums. So, yeah. We have some notes based on the, uh, the episode, too, uh, as mm -hmm. a general and a whole. I put in Hogarth coming into the cell to talk to Kilgrave and her just saying, I'm listening. Yeah. Now put her putting herself in that position at that point and him, you know, leaving, mm -hmm. leaving her open to suggestion from him for anything. Yeah. Just a little bit odd. And we already talked about it, but Simpson's recovery 
from the military help and everything, and we talked about the whole Captain America thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just like the fact that they brought are kind of segueing into the idea of the whole Marvel universe, and yeah, uh, and if that's true, then yeah, but it, it uh, could be just a military thing, like here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I uh, I did I had a couple as well that we didn't get to is uh, I, I want some pastrami fries now when <laughs> when she sees the the detective at the food truck and he's buying some food she goes well the truck on so and so street has got pastrami fries and I was like pastrami fries what is that <laughs> you know I mean I don't, is that is that a New York thing do you know when is it is that like is that do they take pastrami and fry it I like, don't know <laughs> like, I'm just like pastrami fries is that like fries mixed with pastrami or is that like fried pastrami and i'm like i want to know what this is so uh, maybe I, melted that, that, uh melted pastrami on fries who knows i don't know pastrami is the meat so i don't know it, it's it's interesting um and we talked about uh trish being able to see that uh uh kilgrave was playing them um i did look up the sin bin and it's it's actually another name for a penalty box whether it's in hockey, rugby, soccer, not soccer. Uh, anyway, there's there's two or three different. I had never personally heard that used even for hockey. I'd always heard the penalty box. So I thought maybe it just just applied to rugby. But according to Wikipedia, it can be applied to any of them. And then I really realized this this episode that Malcolm running the support group is really a callback to him wanting to do social work. Because remember, he said when uh, when Kilgrave got a hold of him, that's what he wanted to do. He wanted to be a social worker. And and so him kind of running the support group is that same kind of thing. And that links him with Curtis in The Punisher, who was running that support group for the veterans. So I thought that was that was really, really interesting. So is there anything else from Sinbin? Not that I'm aware of, but uh, I think it's a cool name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, like I said, I, I I had never heard it used for the penalty box in hockey, but according to my research, it my Wikipedia research, <laughs> it, uh, it 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 can be used that way. So episode ten is is AKA a uh, thousand cuts, and uh, we pick up almost exactly where we left off. But it's it, I realized when I was rewatching these episodes today that what we actually see is – so we see Kilgrave get away and then Jessica has her interaction with the detective in episode nine. And we see her burst out of the door at the very beginning of – or at the very end of episode nine and the back alley is is deserted. Okay, so we don't know where Kilgrave went. Well, when this episode picks up, it picks up right where we left off, except it picks up with Kilgrave going down the stairway. And there was something I thought, I didn't know if it was a goof or maybe he was just spraying blood, but it almost looks like there's already blood on the stairs as he's going down them, like before he gets to the stairs. Hmm. Uh, so I thought that was kind of interesting. We find out that there's there's more to Simpson then we uh, then we knew that those pills did have something uh, something in them. Uh, we learn more about Kilgrave's powers. The Kilgrave support group goes after Jessica, mm-hmm. a confrontation that ends with uh, the death of Hope, both figuratively and literally, and Jessica vowing uh, to kill uh, Kilgrave, which she has not done uh, prior to. You know, she kept wanting to wanting him to go to justice. She didn't want to have to kill him. And uh, so I thought uh, all that it really is. These two episodes are really good 
back to back, especially when you're if you're binging, because you just really go straight from one into the next. Um, yeah, they and lead it, in well. Yeah, yeah, and I'll be interested to see what the next one, uh, what the next one does. So, what was your number five for AKA a thousand cuts? And then there's the matter of your bill. Well, Kilgrave's father think he, thinking he can actually make a vaccine against Kilgrave's virus that he met because he he talks to Jessica and realizes that she's immune. And he thinks he could utilize her blood. They take a swab of her blood from her during their uh, altercation, and he thinks he could do it. But he's still under the suggestion of he has to you know, <laughs> cut his heart out. And Trish winds up taking him out, taking him to the hotel where he has medical supplies and able to come up with something but it's kind of curious in the sense of how is he going to do that in a hotel (laughs) yeah and and i thought it was at first the first time i watched it it didn't it didn't bother me i was just like oh okay cool try to make a vaccine um but then the more i thought about it in the second watch i was like why why would he think that jessica's immunity could be transferred because and the only reason I could think of is is maybe if Jessica didn't tell him the whole story, if all he knew was this this time that Jessica is interacting with Kilgrave, maybe then he thinks that she's always been a rune and he doesn't he and she didn't tell him the full story that, oh, I, he, I used to be under his control and then something happened and I'm no longer under his control. So I, I wonder if it's more something that she was just able to do mentally, you know, not necessarily something with her gift. Um, I mean, what, what do you think? Why? I mean, why is she immune? Don't know. I, th- I think Kilgrave's father thinks that it's something inherent with her, within her. He's mm-hmm. already seen her with her powers in some way. Maybe he thinks that's the cure, but he yeah. doesn't know the situation between her and him and how she was under his influence at one point. And yeah. I think in, I'm thinking this is more mental than it yeah. is than it is actually uh, her powers or anything. I, I think yeah. anybody is susceptible to that, you know. Yeah, I think I think it had something to do with with the 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 killing of Riva and especially the way she killed Riva and that Kilgrave pointed out in the last episode that I told you to take care of her and we actually have and we had this discussion in the last episode yeah. that. Jessica extrapolated what take care of her meant in her mind. And maybe that was was what the trigger was or the the what was able to give her a blocked I don't know. Uh it is interesting and, and I think it's one of those things that we'll probably never never get any real exploration of, but uh, it is it is kind of cool. Uh my number five, and I think I've mentioned this in other shows before, but it's it's I just have a pet peeve when they don't have a good weapons person on their show (laughs) yeah for the foley because it i just hate and i know it's dramatic and tv shows love for people to do it then don't give them a glock you know they want to give somebody a glock pistol because that's the most commonly you know common law enforcement pistol but then you make the foley sound of somebody cocking it now i went back and rewatched it again uh for actually a third time just that scene and it could be she was racking the slide like to chamber around. But that brings in a whole nother host of problems. That means that because we didn't hear a casing come out, which if there was already a bullet in the chamber and she racked the slide, a bullet would have popped out. 
Which that scene mean, is this particular? Is at, this the, at the very beginning? Yeah, no, this is with with uh, with Hogarth at the very beginning. You know, the whole Trish one is a, that's a whole nother. There's a whole nother host of problems with that with the that scene with that with the yeah with the pit with her revolver. But no, this is when when as and I saw it when Hogarth. So the the detective drops his pistol. Okay, which is in the previous episode, which is surprising to me. He he just drops his pistol when uh, Trish gets the drop on him, mm-hmm. and um, we see there's a quick there's a quick hit of 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 Jerry picking that pistol up as she runs out first. Because remember, Jessica told them all to run, and as Hogarth runs out, she picks up the pistol. And so when when Kilgrave at the very beginning of the episode when he when he jump can he comes out of the door and uh, uh, Hogarth is in the car. She points the pistol at him, and as she's pointing the pistol at him, you hear the like she's clicking a hammer back, or she's racking the slide, or or something. And she points the pistol at him, and he says, "Throw that thing away." And then she throws it away, and then he gets in the car, and they and they drive off. So either she cocked a, a non-existent hammer on her Glock on the policeman's Glock pistol, or she chambered, she chambered around, which would mean the policeman was pointing his gun at people with no round in the chamber, which doesn't seem right to me. So I just, I just think it's poor Foley work by the, the, the effects people. And I just wish they would stop doing it. I wish somebody would, (laughs) would, I, I admire shows that do it correctly. Um, if you ever watched bones, the bones did it correctly. Every time, whenever you saw uh, David Boreanaz carrying a, a pistol, it was always – I don't know who they had as a weapons person on that show, but he did a great job. Longmire does a great job of it. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's just, it just bugs me. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what was uh, your number four? I think that's where we're at. <laughs> uh, my number four would be finding out Holgarth wanted ho- Hope's aborted baby for experimentation. Uh to replicate uh, Kilgrave's powers, uh, and it, all that comes out, and you were questioning that previously. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I was glad they. I was glad they answered that. Yeah, it was a it was a good bit of information, but it was like a whole letdown because of who Hogarth tells it to, and uh, and it was her former lover and. Or wife? But no, yeah, no. She tells it to Kilgrave. She 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 says it straight to Kilgrave, which is which is really puzzling to me, because because remember he asks where the baby is, where's where is it, where's the tissue, and she says, well, it's being in cold storage in wherever, and she actually gives him the location of where that tissue that tissue is. Oh uh, yeah, but it was in front of uh, in front of Wendy, in front of the doctor. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, um, and and. You know, it's one of those things. It's, I and I don't, I don't blame this show, especially for this particular thing, of of telling us instead of showing us, um, because that's a that's really something you don't need to you don't need to show us. We don't need to see Jerry taking the aborted fetus and bringing it to a lab and the lab experimenting on it, and then, but it does open up a whole bunch of questions of, you know. Well, who did who did Jerry take it to? What kind of contacts does she have that would even know to do that? Okay, and now that opens up the question of so that means was she lying when she tried to make him believe that she didn't think he had powers? You know, because all this happened before 
the scene in the torture chamber. Mm. So that means that that means that Hogarth believed there was some there was some sort of there might have been some sort of power in that. You see what I'm saying? Like it opens a whole it, it gives us a whole thing of Jerry of Hogarth that she's involved in a whole lot more stuff than just being a snaky lawyer. Mm. You know? Um, because obviously she's got this lab and she's got then she convinced th- this lab that hey there this fetus might have superpowers you know and and then convinces the lab to do testing and they do enough testing to figure out that oh no they couldn't replicate it um so yeah for me that that scene was was great but at the same time it opens up a whole host of things and she's very specific to tell Kilgrave that Jessica doesn't know about it and so I'll be interested to see the rest of this season and into next season if any of this comes out or if they're just going to sweep it under the rug and uh, never having. But, I mean, it just gives us a, a – like I said, Hogarth is involved in some really big stuff that's not uh, – that we don't know about. So. Yeah. Which, which kind of leads us, leads us right into my, my number four, which was Pam – uh, breaking into the house and saving Jerry from Wendy, um, which was another one of those things that it made me, it gave me a little bit of a question on the second watch of how did, how did Kilgrave get out of the house without Pam seeing him? Um, because she's at the front door and obviously there was a back door to the house. I figured there's very simple, simple answer to the question. There's a back door to the house. Um, but, uh, Pam is, 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 you know, pounding on the front door and in the second watch, I was able to hear the glass break. So you hear her break the glass so that she can break into the house Uh. and, and then she comes in and she sees Wendy, you know, cutting on Jerry. And so she grabs this heavy object, hits her, her head goes into the coffee table and and she's dead and and uh, uh, Jessica was was a little callous of about it uh really as she came in because she said oh you'll be okay that was self defense but Jerry won't won't be okay cuz what she did was murder cuz what she helped Kilgrave do was murder um so I, I I thought that was kind of interesting. Did you think that was a little callous of of Jessica just to leave, or is she's got more important things to worry about than a dead body and two lawyers? Yeah, uh, <laughs> I think it was just callous, and then she just is driven just to to get him. And, yeah, and uh, you know, of course, what does she do? Go back to her apartment and <laughs> drink? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and uh, again, that's another one of those things where she where's she going to go? Because she doesn't, you know, she I think. Uh, she asks Jerry, where was Kilgrave going? And, and she says uh, he's going to go find his father. And so Jessica knows that, that he can't find the father because he doesn't know where the hotel is. And she also then realizes that Kilgrave knows the father is alive, which was another one of those things that I thought was interesting with the, the phone conversation. Remember where he had uh, – he was telling Hogarth when uh, Jessica calls Hogarth on her cell phone and he tells her, find out where my father is. And so she, he's at, she's asking uh, Jessica all these questions about where the father is. And Jessica is being very cagey because she's not sure 
what's going on because she already suspects because she knows that Hogarth was the one who cut the wire. Mm. So, so she's already you know leery of Hogarth. So she doesn't want to give her any information. And then of course Wendy comes walking in, and we fu- and Jessica discovers the lie that Hogarth is not at home. She's at Wendy's house. Um, so and, and then that whole thing of of now he's going to go find his father, and then he makes the statement to um, to Hogarth that you know that oh no she would have she didn't say my father was dead so that means he's alive and that means she saved him she would not have just let him go so obviously if she, she you know Jessica would have said he's dead if he had killed himself mm-hmm. but he didn't yeah. he didn't and and so Kilgrave realizes that through that conversation so hmm. uh, very good very good and that brings us to my to your number 3 i think yes uh, my number three would be uh, Simpson taking out the detective and destroying the bodies after finding out where Trish and Kilgrave's father went. He's gone over the edge, and whatever he took is making him nuts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I that totally surprised me. Like, I did not, like, I literally jumped both times when he did that. Even though I was expecting it the second time, I still was just, it's just out of the blue. Because, you know, he holsters his gun. Like he tries to give his gun to the detective, and I can only assume that if the detective had taken his gun, he still would have killed him. He just wouldn't have had he wouldn't have been able to use the gun. Yeah. Um, but he he just casually just boom and shoots him in the head. And I went, what? And this guy? I mean, three episodes ago, I was praising how much I loved this guy, and now he's just murdering another cop, and he's covering up Kilgrave's murders and I just uh I'm yeah I'm uh, I hope he can get some redemption but at the same time uh, after what he does does to Trish and Trish you know throwing him out um now I did see a screen grab spoilers for the next episode because you know how Netflix gives you that little thumbnail image of the next episode before you you get out of the previous episode and I could see that he's on the thumbnail. So I know he's going to be in the next episode, but, mm. but anyway, um, uh, but yeah, actually that, those thumbnails are on actual scene selection on the Blu-ray too, by the way, people. <laughs> oh, okay. So, so, so yeah, so you're going to, you're going to catch it some, for some way, but yeah, that just out of the blue. So whatever those pills are doing, they're hopping up his aggression. And I think the, the father even kind of says that later when Trish, cause he gives Trish the pills. And I, I had this in my notes, actually, the fact that she keeps the pills mm-hmm. uh, after she kicks him out and the father, the, the father is like, well, it's probably aggression training. It's this, it's that. And you can tell that the father, because he's, he's been involved in these kind of experiments. So he knows what's, what's going on here. Uh, now he may not know exactly what the details are of this experiment, but he knows that, that he's involved in some kind of an experiment, mm. uh, which I thought was interesting. And that brings us to my number three. Yes. Uh, so Malcolm and, and Robin, Ruben's sister, um, Malcolm is guilty because he hid the body of the brother and um, she follows him and then she stirs up that support group. And again, this is another thing, just like what I said before about people who don't believe Kilgrave, but then use the fact that he has powers mm-hmm. to still because she very clearly does not believe that these people were manipulated but then she also says, well, but Kilgrave, his power, he's only using his powers because Jessica did this. And so it's kind of a double – it's a, a double standard there 
in that you can't on one hand you can't say oh no he doesn't actually have any powers and then on the other hand go well but he's using his powers for bad things he's using his powers because jessica and i just it's a human thing to do so i like it but at the same time it just bothers me like it, it's it's i don't mean it bothers me writing style because i think it's very well written to have someone do that to manipulate that group she turns that group from a bunch of sad sacks sitting around a table to a mob mm. you know uh to to go out and get jessica to go out and get the person who's not even the person who hurt them <laughs> you know um uh, and, and she convinces them to blame jessica and uh, and she makes a comment to uh to malcolm about Oh, and you're my former friend. And I'm like, when were they friends before? She was like, you know, hitting him and kicking him out of her apartment and, and all this. And, yeah, there's uh, a backstory we don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm like, when were you friends with him? And of course, her actions lead directly to what happens at the end in that she goes in there. She sees Kilgrave. She doesn't know it's Kilgrave, but she takes the tape off his mouth and even though we don't see it on screen, we all know what's going to happen. As soon as that tape comes off his mouth, he's got him, you know. And, of course, we see that in the, the next the next scene. But, uh, yeah, so that Malcolm and Robin just – it just grated on me, Those the, what <laughs> what she did and, and how – just just the fact that she's such a jerk to, to Jessica and she keeps calling her a cougar and, <laughs> you know – and all that, and and it's still creepy. She talks creepily about her brother. We shared a womb together. <laughs> I'm just like, ew, ew. So anyway, but I'm sure I'm sure the actress is a lovely person in in real life, and that she's just playing a character. But ew, <laughs> it's the writing. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, so what was your number two? Uh, my number two would be uh, Kilgrave just showing up at Jessica's apartment. Obviously, when she goes back home and she can't find him and she's determined she, you know, drinks the whiskey or whatever it is she has on the table. And then, then him making the suggestion to the DA, telling her that and to let Hope go. But he's using that as leverage to get his father. <laughs> so who knows what, you know, we all know that he wants to kill his father. But... How is that going to resolve? It's literally giving Jessica what she wants, but mm-hmm. giving you know Kilgrave something that he wants. But he's just going to make his father disappear. Does Kilgrave believe that he's able to come up with a vaccine or something like that? Or yeah, I, I don't know. That was a again. That was another one of those one of those times when when Kilgrave is you know he says well there's a paper she, he says uh that he could just have walked in there and let her escape or facilitated her escape i think is what he says but he says i didn't do that because then she'd be on the lamb for the rest of her life and so he's trying to act all noble uh but at the same time then, then he says so there's a paper trail but at least it's a legitimate you know it's 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 a legitimate release, even though there's a paper trail and there would be no, like the DA, if anybody ever came to the DA and went, well, why did you release this person with all this evidence against her? And, and the DA would just have to go, eh, I just believe she was innocent or, you know, however, whatever Kilgrave had put into his mind. But he also then adds the threat of basically that he can undo it if he wants to, you know, that he can just go back there and just undo the whole thing and put her back into prison. And so the, there's this, and, and I like because it goes right into my number two, which is more of Kilgrave's revisionist history. 
Uh, he he makes you know Jessica. He does this whole thing about Jessica. Is, is I caught I timed it. It was twelve hours, and I had not told you to do anything, and you were going to stay with me. And then she goes, "No, it's not. That's not what it was." And she talks about standing on the ledge, and that she had this dream of jumping off and riding on a horse away. And then at the last second, before she was actually able to walk off the ledge, he tells her to come inside. And so he he renewed his command, and it's just that same thing that in his head, he's the noble hero. You know, he's never hurt anybody. No, I didn't even hurt my mom. My mom killed herself. Okay, yeah, I told her to do it, but you know, it's this it's a very it's it's a very weird and I understand on on certain levels, I understand that this goes back to when he was a kid, when they left him. As a child, uh, you know, he. They said they explained that he had a tantrum and had her iron her face, put the iron to her face, mm-hmm. and that was what caused them to leave. And he says uh, in the previous episode, you know, he had said, "I didn't even know that what I did was wrong." And that's a very sociopath thing. Mm-hmm. Is that one of the things that they don't is that they don't think about other people and they don't recognize that what they're doing is wrong, and and so. You, I have this part of me has this sympathy for the child who no one took the time to tell him, no, you're not supposed to be like this. Okay, you're not supposed to do these things. This is the wrong way to live. But then I also don't have any sympathy for this grown man who is still that petulant child. He's still that 10 year old child who's telling people to do things to get him stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, he says, he says, I had to tell people to feed me. I had to tell people to protect me. I had to, I had to do all this. And that's what I've been doing all my life is just using people and that no one taught him that that's not the right way to be. So, I, you know, whereas I have sympathy, like I said, for the child now as a grown man, he's, he should know better. He, even if no one taught him at this point in his life, he should know, wait a minute, this is not the way I should live and Jessica kind of gave him a piece of that but then she saw that that wasn't that he wasn't going to change and even with his mother you know you could you could make the argument that if his mother had not brought the scissors into that that room what would have happened you know if she had not if she had not cut him with the scissors what would have happened and I don't know. Um, would he have? He would have found some other way. He would have told her to drown herself in the water, bang her head against the wall, you know, whatever it would have been. Um, but I think there definitely would have been something because, as a man, he is he's he's not redeemable at this point. No. Did you realize too that there's kind of a similarity between him and Hogarth in some way because they're both using people in some way, shape, or form, whether it be through his suggestion and her getting. Using her powers of being a lawyer and the way she she actually suggests to people to do things for her for her own need. Well, that's good. No, I hadn't thought about that, but that's really you. That's a good point you bring out because that's exactly what basically that's what Pam says to her is that when Pam is in the interrogation room with the police and she doesn't want Hogarth to be her lawyer, that's basically what she says to her. She says, "I suddenly realize how repulsive." 
you really are is that you you know because so uh, Hogarth says something like you told me to handle it and this is how I'm handling it and Pam realizes that yeah you handle things by using people by using someone else to do your dirty work you know and and in this case even though it wasn't intentional it's almost like Hogarth is relishing the fact that my ex is now dead I no longer I don't have to worry about her anymore and now I can just take care of you you know and and she kind of she tries to kind of it's almost in a, a backhanded kind of way mm-hmm. of telling Pam that well I'll help you because you've helped me you know and and Pam says I don't I don't want your help I don't I don't love you anymore and you really see that loss of the relationship and it's 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 a, it's a tough thing to watch but it's interesting I hadn't I hadn't thought about it so so, uh, I think that brings us to your number one. Yeah, really focuses in on uh, Ruben's sister Robin and getting mm-hmm. the group to pretty much think twice about Jessica and then create a mob with the group to go face Jessica. And next thing you know, they're in that bar, <laughs> hung, hanging there uh, at, by nooses and ready to jump based upon uh, Kilgrave's suggestion. And then, and then we have hope there, and that whole mm-hmm. ending, and it was kind of like almost like a negotiation tactic with uh, Kilgrave to getting, you know, away with his father. Yeah, but that ending itself was just crazy. Oh, and then, oh. and you see it in Jessica's face when she has to make a decision to either help Hope first or all these people. Right. And, yeah. And she chooses the many over the few. You know, because uh, uh, there are how many people total? There are like six, including. Uh, yeah, yeah, six, five or six, six or seven. Yeah, depending on Malcolm. I, I don't. Uh, there was well, there was the sister. There was Malcolm. There was the cello player. There was the guy. The hipster. Um, yeah. The hipster guy. Uh, then there was the woman who just smiled all the time. So five or six. Yeah, I'm trying to think. It seems like there was a sixth one in there, but I don't remember who it was. It wasn't Trish. Yeah, and then Jessica winds up trying to help Hope at the last minute, but her blood is coming out of the carotid artery at that point. Yeah, it makes you wonder if, if, and I think you're you're right that she chose the, the, the greater good sort of thing was these five, six people over this one person, Mm -hmm. but I think she also saw that maybe she thought she could be fast enough with the, with the pipe that she'd be able to get to hope. I'm not sure on that, on that. I could be, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure. But yeah, that's that, that whole, that whole thing is just, it's just the sister just disturbs me and, and who knows <laughs> what she's, what she's going to be like now. But, uh, so my number one, uh, is, does go to hope and it goes to my number one goes, uh, goes to hope. Uh, and that, that completely i did not see that coming that was completely out of the blue for me her stabbing herself in the neck i mean when she when she broke the glass at first i thought well maybe she's going to try to kill kilgrave or get to kilgrave before but as soon as he said you can't kill me i realized oh she's going to do that to herself and i was kind of surprised that kilgrave didn't stop her because he didn't see it coming you know he didn't realize that was what she was going to do and so he knew 
that Jessica was going to have to make a decision about who to save. And he goes out. He takes the father out by the hand. And, uh, you know, where are they going? I, uh, you bring up an interesting question. You know, did he think his father might actually be able to make a vaccine? And so he wants to get rid of him. Um, does he want to maybe take the father to find the, the aborted child? I, I, it's, does he just want to take the father somewhere to torture him? You know, I, I, I don't know where that's, where that's going. And it's, it's unfortunate that all these people are hurt by it. But, uh, and like I said at the beginning, we see that the loss of hope is not just literal, but it's also figurative in that Jessica's lost her hope that she could uh, keep him alive. So I only had a couple of quotes on this one, uh, which was when, when he was uh, negotiating with with Jessica, uh, he says, uh, I stay as far away from you as possible and you go back to a life of mediocrity and underachieving, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, and uh, and then when they're in the support group and uh, and the, the one woman says, hey, there's no cross talking in this group. And Robin says, well, I'm cross and I'm talking. <laughs> I, thought, uh, I thought that was pretty good. Uh, yeah, I already I had one and uh, that was. Robin talking about Ruben when they were putting up signs and handouts and she goes oh he's got to be out there he's he's nothing without me and she ta- uses that oh we you know kind of like we are woo mates <laughs> yeah yeah attitude uh, but she's like he can't even tie his own shoes without permission so. <laughs> yeah and she says no he wears slip-ons like yeah. <laughs> like, like, uh, like yeah Marcusons. i thought that was, I like, thought that, was that was funny a couple other things um that i think we didn't get too much into i i love that that jessica kind of knows and we've seen her do this before mm-hmm. she knows how to get around kilgrave's powers you know, like she did that with Simpson when when uh, she she jumped and caught him, mm-hmm. and she said, "Okay, you've done it. You've gotten off the roof." You know, uh, and she takes the bullet, and that's the thing you brought up. I, uh, you know, Trish fires five shots, which that may have been a five shot revolver. It just depends on what kind of revolver it was. Yeah. Um, but she fires five shots because uh, I counted them uh, at Kilgrave. And then he says, put a bullet in your uh, head and she she puts the under her chin and it goes click and it, it won't fire or, or it either misfires or something, uh, which is very unusual for a revolver. It's either empty or it's it's misfired. But then she takes a bullet and she's trying to just push it into her head. <laughs> you know, instead of instead of reloading the gun, and now I, I hadn't thought about this before, but maybe she doesn't know how to reload that revolver. Yeah. I know the uh, I know the first time I got hold of a revolver, I didn't know how to eject the the cylinder. Someone had to show me. Oh, really? you got to push on this. Yeah, because I had never used a revolver before. We had I just had semi automatics in in the. Uh, uh, in the military. So I didn't know that you, that, and then as a kid, you know, I had the kind of, the kind of cap guns where you pulled the, the thing out from the front mm-hmm. and then, and then loaded it or it kind of broke open halfway and it loaded those kind of revolvers. So I just never paid attention to how you actually swing those cylinders out. So I had, I, I, it's possible she doesn't know 
I hadn't thought about that before, but it's possible she doesn't know how to reload it. Um, so that now that it's empty, she's going to just try to push it. And then, you know, Jessica puts it in her mouth and she says, okay, now you've got a bullet in your head. You've done what he said. Now spit it out. So she spits it out. Uh, uh, so I thought that was good. And we, we've seen her do that a couple times with, with other things when people, when he's told people to do things and she's kind of said, okay, you've done it now. So you can, you can move on. Um, so I thought that was kind of cool. Um, I didn't understand, and, and maybe you can explain to me. Mm-hmm. In apartment, when they're back in Jessica's apartment, uh, Kilgrave says, "You can't kill me because you don't know what will happen to everyone else." And now they're alone in the apartment at this time. It's just the two of them. So I don't know what you know. Then he says. Um, she says, well, what am I scared that people are going to slit their own throats if you if you die? And he goes, no, they'll poison themselves. And I went, what, how, how are people going to know, you know, if she breaks your neck, unless you're able to yell some sort of command, you know, out to the building, how, how are people going to know to commit suicide? That confused me a little bit. Or does he think that maybe his death would cause some sort of, I don't know, maybe some either. sort of – yeah, sort is. of release of his power, or you know, nah, it's just a bit confusing. Uh, that that really did. Um, and uh, we already talked about Simpson, and we talked about that Trish kept the pills, and and we talked about the aborted child. So, yeah. uh, and I and I brought up uh, as well, but those mystery pills, what are they? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I think we're definitely going to find out whether it's this season or not. I think we're definitely going to find out some more about those pills. I would hope it's this season. I would hope they don't carry it over into the next. Uh, you know, I hope they're able to do that, resolve that. Okay, so that brings us to any other comic things? talk or talk. Things? Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. really have anything. The only thing that came up recently that we're all upset about is Collider. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, spoiling us with some information, whether or not it's true. We have not heard an AMC official about Andrew Lincoln. Apparently leaving The Walking Dead and season nine being apparently his last season, but until we get like further information, we're just going to keep this as rumor. The only the only other thing I had was have you have you had a chance to catch up on Oblivion Song? No, I have not. I've been okay. really busy too. No, yeah, no worries. I understand. I I uh, uh, I'm interested to see, hear hear what your thoughts are on those first three issues once uh, once you get them. I I may try to reread them before I go on vacation, but uh, yeah, the, I'm with you on the whole Andrew Lincoln thing. I think, wait until we see something concrete, you know, uh, things can change. Yeah. The whole the whole Lauren Cohan thing, you know, uh, they were talking about that she had no, you know, before she had a commitment for season nine, people were wondering if she was even going to be in season nine. Mm-hmm. And then at the last minute, they come out and they go, yes, she is going to be in season nine. And then right after that was the, was the, the official release that Whiskey Cavalier has been picked up for uh, whatever the 2019 season. I can't remember what television season they're talking about. I think they're talking about 2019 uh, run of it. But still, that gives them plenty of time to work things out. Anything else? Nothing else for me. I don't see. Uh, I don't have any new news. Yeah. Um, you guys. I think you guys talked a little bit about John Dory and just the fact that that I, I can't. I'm I'm with you guys on on Walking Dead talk through. Uh, I cannot see them killing that character off. No. I can't. I can't. I can 
kind of maybe see them killing Madison off, but I also agree with Brian. If they kill Madison off, who's going to, who's going to lead the show? I, I don't think, uh, Morgan has enough. I don't think Strand has enough. I don't think nope. uh, Alicia, any of the, any of our supporting characters, even John Dory, I don't think they have enough to be able to carry an entire show. So, uh, you know, I, I can't see them killing off both. I couldn't see them killing off both of them for sure. I definitely can't see them killing off John Dory because I, I'm definitely in that camp. If we come back and in, in, in the next episode of, of Fear the Walking Dead or the episode after that, even uh, if if he's dead, I'm done. I have no reason to continue watching. Yeah, it's, it, it's confusing. How are they going to continue on with the show? It's very similar to almost like with The Walking Dead, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do you if Andrew Lincoln does leave? Like, it's one thing for like and I again, I, I I'm agreeing with a lot of what people are saying. I I was in the camp with Daryl that if they killed off Daryl early, like Daryl season one through four, maybe four or five, I would probably have stopped watching the show if they killed off Daryl in one of those seasons. But now he's been so little utilized and he's he's become this almost a background character that uh, killing him off wouldn't be that big of a deal. But killing Rick Grimes killing Andrew Lincoln. That's that's huge. That is huge. Yeah. So, um, but it'll be interesting to see. Sounds good for this week. Uh, yeah. To submit your feedback, people, your theories and feedback could be sent to our Facebook group, which would be www.facebook.com/slash panels to pixels, or you could email us at panels to pixels one, the number one, at gmail.com. You could hear me. <laughs> on another podcast, as Steve just mentioned, uh, I could be found on uh, the Walking Dead talk through through Golden Spiral Media, and I talk with uh, my co-host uh, Brian Malosh, and we talk uh, the Walking Dead and Fear the Walking Dead currently with Kyle. So uh, you could hear me through that as well as this, and you can hear me. You can hear me here at uh, on Panels to Pixels, obviously. Also, I uh, occasionally submit feedback to other podcasts whether it's podcastica or the fear the walking dead uh talk through i'm trying to send some more voice uh, stuff so uh i and actually if you if you listen to the current westworld uh cast from podcastica they play my voicemail on that one um and i sent one to legion i don't know if it made it into the legion cast this week or not but uh, uh so that's that's uh kind of what i do yeah. and uh <laughs> yeah, you've been prominent though. You've been on a lot of podcasts. I've noticed. I listened to that earlier today with uh, Lost in Space. Yeah, yeah. Jason uh, in Nashville. Jason said, "I think you're 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 one of the the few listeners that like listens to all our podcasts and sends feedback into them." And I said, "Yeah, just about everything except Game of Thrones." I think <laughs> so. Which I just haven't been able to get into Game of Thrones. Like I watched the first four seasons of it, and uh, uh, there were just so many other things I I wasn't able to. But uh, I want to get into it. So. And for all you listeners out there, uh, you could hear Ben Beck and Kristen Howell on the Next Level slash Podcastica's new podcast. It's a combination of both podcast networks coming together to do a uh, Go Back to Lost. I think yes. that's what it's called. Yeah, it's, it's uh, Lost Revisited. Uh, we have to go back. I think, let me see. I had to actually follow the link. Ben put a link in the Facebook 
uh, in the Facebook group for it, and that's how I was able to subscribe to it. But it is officially, it is called We Have to Go Back, Lost Revisited is the name of the podcast. So if you uh, uh, are looking for it, it's uh, it's out there on Next, it's actually on Next Level Radio Online as well. So And Google Play possibly yeah. soon, and iTunes eventually. The first episode will have uh, Ben, Kristen, and podcast his own jason cabassi yes they did a great job too so with that thanks everybody for listening and i'm mark and i'm steve and this was good night everybody good night